Welcome to the house of the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Let's all stand together as we start our worship service today. God. Welcome to the house of the Lord today. We're delighted you're here to worship with us, and we just want to give him the praise. You can be seated. Amen. 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 Just uh, just uh, some housekeeping stuff we need to take care of. First of all, 
in the way of announcements. Ladies' auxiliary meeting will be Thursday at 7 o'clock. Uh, I think they're doing pack out for the uh, shoe boxes, Operation Christmas Child shoe boxes. So uh, that is open. Anybody wants to come, right? Does CC? Anybody wants to come help out with that? Yeah. In any ladies, she was very specific about that. Any ladies that want to come, can I, that's I Gary. I just I saw you. Oh, what, what, don't, oh, we just chopped liver or something. You know, now, any ladies that want to come, uh, you can uh, you can help. But that'll be at seven o'clock. So I'll remember that. Uh, also, this is not for everyone. But if there's, uh, for those of you that may be interested in our church and knowing more about our church, or would be interested in joining the fellowship of our church, uh, I'm offering a, what I call a foundations class. Um, that'll be next Sunday evening and the following Sunday on the 12th at 5 o'clock. These will be hour and a half sessions uh, that we'll be coming together. And I will just share with you the history of the church. I will share with you uh, the doctrine of the church. I will share with you the structure of the church. I will share with you all just, just what the church is about. Now, if you say, you say, well, if I come, does that mean I've got to join the church? No. If you're just interested in knowing more about the church. But if you want to join the church, you have to go through this foundations class. That is a requirement uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to join the church. So uh, we would invite you if you'd like to come. There is a sign. This is for my benefit. There is a sign-up sheet at the Friendship Station. I need you to sign up if you don't mind so I know how to get materials together. Uh, so I know I'll have enough materials for everyone uh, that will be coming. So please remember that uh, as, you, uh, as you're leaving uh, the sanctuary today. Uh, also, our Thanksgiving celebration will be uh, Sunday, November the 19th. I want to go ahead and announce that. Sunday, November the 19th. Uh, that's when we come together on that Sunday evening before Thanksgiving. And we have a communion. We also, last year, we incorporated uh, the washing of feet. I know that would, as some of you say, I ain't washing nobody's feet. Uh, well, you don't have to, but let me tell you, it is a wonderful experience, even if you don't wash feet, to be a part of that and, uh, and to give thanks unto the Lord for his blessing. So please uh, do remember uh, that as well. Uh, also, on Wednesday, I was just, I don't, I don't, I generally, I shouldn't do this more, but I, I, I don't. Let me give a plug for what we're doing on Wednesday night. We call it Firehouse Ministry. We have youth ministry uh, that is going on for kids of all ages and also adults here in the sanctuary. Uh, well, I started a, a several weeks ago uh, a, a study on living the spirit-filled life. And uh, it, it is really a, it is really a great study about living how to live the spirit-filled life. It is going to culminate uh, in a study of the spiritual gifts, and I'm actually going to be doing a spiritual gift test uh, for you to take. Some of you may have taken a spiritual gifts test. Some of you may never. You don't even know what I'm talking about. And what that, what that test does, now, it, look, it's nothing you have to study for. And I just don't pay, ah, if you give me a test, I ain't coming. It's nothing you ought to study for, but what it does uh, it gives some indication of areas of your strengths and your weaknesses, and that's perfectly fine. And it helps us to see uh, where you could be utilized in the church and in the kingdom of God. It's just, it's just a test. Uh, it's just a measurement. Uh, but, uh, but this Wednesday night, 
uh, we're, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, walking in the Spirit uh, and the Lord's communion. Uh, and so we're actually going to be having communion uh, uh, Wednesday evening uh, as part of this. So I told you, you can't talk about communion and not do it. Uh, so we're going to be talking about communion and the role it plays in our spiritual development. Uh, and we'll be uh, practicing that. So I just want to know what, what is available to you. Uh, if you can, uh, uh, you know, uh, we would love to have you here uh, as part of that of learning and discipleship and training and spiritual development. Also, one other thing uh, we have, our, it, it is, it, y'all realize it's almost November. Uh-huh. That, that would be correct. <laughs> and you know, November brings Thanksgiving, right? And so this, I, I'll hold this up, I just like you can read it. I know you can't read it. Uh, this, is, this is the uh, Thanksgiving uh, food boxes we prepare every year. That distribution will be done just three weeks from today. Lord, Jesus, help us. I told Paul, I said, we can't ever get a break. Uh, we, go, we, go, we go from one thing, we can't even breathe. <gasps> and then, then, we, then we go d- delve back in again. And then after that, then it's Christmas. We got all the Christmas stuff that's coming up. Uh, but it's always fun. It's always a lot. Uh, but this is this this shows you what needs to go in a box. If you would like to, you don't have to provide everything. Provide some things, but it does show you what we put in a in a box. So if you would like to contribute to that, help out with that, we would love for you to do that. But that information again is the friendship table, and you can pick one of those up uh, and help you with that. I, I apologize for all the announcements. You know we have to do this. is This is part of church life. Uh, of all the things we've got going on and all the things we've got happening. Oh, one last thing. I just, I have got to, I have got to praise the Lord for last Sunday. I'm telling you, uh, our homecoming, uh, now I can't, I can't judge. All I can judge since I've been here, it's one of the best homecomings since I've been here. Uh, it was absolutely wonderful. I know numbers is not an indic- indication of success only. There's a lot of other things. But officially, we had 229 uh, in the worship service. That includes in the sanctuary and also, yeah, that's right, amen. And not only that, I just want to, I just want to brag on you for your response to the, uh, to the uh, homecoming offering. Uh, when I talked to the board and I approached the board, I could see the look on their face when I said, uh, I'd love to, uh, let's take a homecoming offering because we've had to deplete, well, we've, our funds have been dwindling a little bit, and you know, we've had to take a lot of money. We've, we've had to do a lot of work, and there's still a lot, a lot more work. And, and uh, the, the next big, big, big project for me, now there's some other projects we need to do, but the next big, big project, I want to come in and let's just renovate our sanctuary. When I say renovate, just uplift it. Uh, we've got a beautiful sanctuary, uh, but uh, there's some, it needs painting. Haven't been painted in 20-some years, uh, and just some other things to kind of, you know, modernize it a little bit and just uh, just refresh it. That's going that's going that's going to be a big that's going to be a big ticket item when you do that. You you know, but anyway, I'm just telling, just laying it out for you. And so when I when I, t- I told the board, and and I'll be honest, in the back of my mind, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, in the back of my mind, I thought if we raise five thousand dollars, that's going to be a good day. We raised ten thousand one hundred and sixty. Uh, no, two hundred and five dollars. Ten thousand two hundred and five dollars is what we raised. Amen. That that deserves another praise. 
Look, that has nothing to do with Elvin Butts. That has nothing to do except God Almighty, amen, and his work and his effort. So thank you. I appreciate everything that you have done uh, and everything. It, it was, I, I, just need, I just need to tell you this. Uh, oh, I don't know. Was there something, honey? Uh, okay, okay. Oh, she was, just, she was just praising the Lord. There you go. She had a paper in hand rejoicing, so... Um, and that now I forgot what I was going to say. That, that's George Andrews. You, you don't mess with old folks and, <laughs> and, and, their, and, their, and, their, uh, and their train of thought. Uh, if it comes to me, I'll tell you, I just absolutely totally, totally forgot what I was going to uh, say to you. But anyway, it was just a, it was just a great, great day. And I, I, and I hope what it does, I hope it demonstrates to this church that this church can grow, this church can can be productive, and it is productive, and this church can prosper and be as healthy as God designed for it to be. Amen? Amen. 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 There's a lot of people uh, that, uh, that we can touch and reach. Okay, that is enough for that. Let's, let's look at uh, the words from the, uh, from the Word this morning. I selected from Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verses 6 through 11 for our reading today. Now, this is the Lord speaking through Moses to the nation of Israel. We've got, we got to remember that at this point, they've wandered the wilderness for 40 years, and now they're about to go into the promised land after, after 40 years of wilderness wandering. God speaking to the people. For you are a holy people unto the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people. For you were the least of all peoples. But because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. And he repays those who hate him through their face and destroys them. He will not be slack with those who hate him. He will repay him to his face. Therefore, you shall keep the commandment, the statutes, and the judgments which I command you today to observe. God has chosen a people. He chose Israel. But I want you to understand something today. God has chosen us. He's chosen us in Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. So in my opinion, that scripture is just as applicable to us today as it was to Moses and the children of Israel in that day. We are a special people called to do His work and be a part of his work. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand together and let's sing an old hymn of the church. Great is thy faithfulness. That's that song.
song, but this is a song that's a little more difficult to sing. So we're just going to sing. Y'all worship with us and listen to the message. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin. Shine the mud. 
one day that is going to take place. I know, you, I know I say it again and again, and you know what? I'm going to keep saying it again and again. Jesus Christ is coming back. And I think it's quicker, sooner than we even, even dare imagine. Uh, uh, Kenny and I were having a discussion right before he came into the sanctuary. We know what the Bible says. I was just reading it this morning. In a day and an hour that you think not, he's coming. You see, he's coming. Whether you think it or not, he's coming. Amen. Amen. Okay, so this morning, for our message, this is, it kind of goes in the vein of some things I've been talking about and sharing our faith. Two weeks ago, I talked about sharing our faith and, and uh, some sort of using that as coming back in, into what I want to share with you today. So today, I want to share with you the world, the world. Now, I know that's a huge topic. So how can we cover the world in the few moments we have together? You can't. I'm not even going to try. But I want to give you some perspectives about the world, hopefully from the Creator. From, from, from our creator of this place we call the world, is looking at how he views the world and how we fit into all of his plans. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I don't expect you to remember that, but a couple of weeks ago, we used uh, John chapter 316 as part of the message, and I'm going to use it as the foundation of the message today. I know I've preached on John 316 since I've been here about 100,000 times. Uh, and I'll probably preach on about 100,000 more times because, you know what, I just keep finding nuggets of gold in that one simple sentence. And as we did uh, a couple of weeks ago, I want us to do the same today. I want you to say it with me. So, uh, Cece, if you'll put that up, and let's say John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now look at that first phrase. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. What does that mean? What does that encompass that God loved the world? I don't have all the answers, but I got three for you this morning. I'm going to give you three what I consider answers that question. What does he mean by the world? Now, the, in the Greek, now I, I know y'all really interested in this, but sometimes this, this is important. In the Greek, the word that is used, that is translated world, is the word cosmos. Cosmos. That, that, that's, that's the English transliteration of cosmos. Now, when you look at the world Cosmos, from the Greek perspective, is really where we get our English word cosmos or cosmic. And those words speak of the material world. That, that's what it speaks of. It speaks of the entire material world. Now, really, when you look at that, all-encompassing, in, all it, it talks about not just the planet. We're gonna, I'm going to break this down in just a moment. But it's talking about everything, everything, everything that makes up this world is the cosmos. That means the sun, the moon, the stars, the air, 
the planets, the earth, everything, us, all is incorporated. Now, so let's, let's look at this. Let's break this down just a little bit. Now, when we look at the world, and it's interesting, the word cosmos is used 188 times. There are actually three words for world in the Greek. But the word cosmos is used 188 times. Now, when we look at that, first of all, what does this mean? What does it mean that God so loved the world? First of all, it refers again to this whole thing we call the created world. Now, one key thing, or our common denominator, I guess, would be even better, between the Jewish nation of the Old Testament and the Christians of the, of the Old Testament and the, New, the Christians of the New Testament, one common denominator between us, among many things, is that we both have this idea that God is the creator. Now, I know in our world today, there's a lot of people who don't believe that. And a lot of our children are being taught that. Oh, no, 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 no. God, God didn't create this happen by some sort of uh, cosmic bang or some uh, big bang theory. I think there was a sitcom by that title. Uh, and uh, and, and so, so there, there's something happened that, that caused all of this kind of spontaneously uh, spin into some sort of chaotic mess that came out to be this. That don't explain it, folks. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. We see from the very beginning, the first words of the Old Testament in the book of Genesis, in the beginning, God did what? Created what? The heavens and the earth. God created, when you look up in the sky and you see those dots in the, in the sky, God created that. God created the Milky Way. God created the Big Dipper. God created the Little Dipper. God created uh, Sagittarius, even though I don't know why they were calling that. God created Cupid. God created all of these constellations. God created the sun to rule by the day and the moon uh, to, to the light tonight. God created the air, the very air that we breathe. God created that thing we call the ocean that people love to go and just sit down and look at it. God created the splendor of the mountains where people might be there today looking over the beauty of the mountain. God created all of these things. So the New Testament, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But then we look in the, uh, in the, New, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, we see in the Gospel of John, and it says there that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, and the world did not know Him. So the whole world, the whole created world, when Jesus said, for God so loved the world, he's talking about everything you can see and beyond. And I want you to notice, 
When God created the world originally, how did he create it? Perfect. The word he used in the in language, that, that's good, Katrina. But the word he used, and God looked at everything that he had made and said, it is good. <laughs> there you go. He said, it is good. That's how God made it. God created everything. And he created it good. Now, let, let's, let's, let's break this down just a little bit further. So the world refers to the whole created material world. But when the, that word world also means the earth. Now, you to keep in mind, keep, please keep in mind that this planet we call earth that we refer to as home is only part of it. It ain't all, right? But God created the earth and all the inhabitants on the earth. Huh. That means you and I. He created all of us. This earth. Now, I've talked about this before in previous messages. It's amazing how much money the federal government is spending, in my opinion, wasting, but that's not the only place they're wasting, but they're wasting try to, trying to send signals out into the stratosphere, trying to see if they can connect with some sort of other life form that is out there. Now, I don't know if there's any more humans anywhere else. That's God's business, not mine. Amen? But I do know this. That all the planets that are in, in our solar system, and we're just one of many solar systems, of all the planets that's in our solar system, the earth that we know, now we know this, as, as hard as they're trying to find water on Mars, to prove there were some Martians there at some point in time, but this it's, 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 is scientifically proven, that of all the planets in our solar system, there's only one that can support life. Right? That's a miracle. That God put earth in its orbit exactly where it is supposed to be. Because any closer to the sun we would burn up. Any further from the sun we would freeze to death. He made the atmosphere so there is oxygen. Let me tell you something. If you've ever seen any of these moon landings or these other land, when the astronauts get off the spaceship, they have on a oxygen tank. You know why they got an oxygen tank? Because there ain't no oxygen there. <laughs> That, that's the reason. That's the reason. They've got to, they've got to manufacture. Their, why in the world are we trying to spend money to take and colonize a planet that doesn't was not intended to support life? I do not understand it. We are crazy people. But let, 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 me, let, me, share some, let me share just some interesting facts with you. Now, you say, 
Come on, preacher, give me something else. I need something more. Than, I need some more meat than this. Let me, just, let me just share with you some interesting facts. And I can't share you everything about this earth and its inhabitants. And remember, he created the earth and he created man. And I want you to notice, when God finished his creation, he said, it is good. But when he created man, <laughs> I, 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 hear, I, I hear the mouth, I see the mouth. When he created man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into the first man the breath of life, then man became a living soul. And God looked at Adam and he said, this is very good. And I'm thinking, God... How in the world could you say? Because you knew what we were going to do. But he created us very good. Now, I want you to consider some things. According to the statistics I've been able to find. Now, remember, this is hard. I'm just making my best shot at this. But according to statistics I can find, that right now, you realize there's a population clock. Do you know that? You go look it up. There's a population clock. And, and it, you know, it, it, it's, it's calculating the number of people. Right now, we are some over 8 billion people that occupy this planet we call Earth. 8 billion people. Now, all that, I'm going to have to go back and make sure I tell you right. Now, all that, of that 8 billion people, there are 12,862 what are called ethno-linguistic people groups. You're saying, what in the world is an ethno-linguistic people group? That just simply means that of the 8 billion people plus on the earth, they're about, there's some over almost 13,000 people who share a common ethnicity and a common language, ethno-linguistic. So they're, you know, speak, basically say it, have similar culture, okay? Now, now here, here's something I want, I want you to, I want you to see. Now, when you look at this, you just consider, there's oh, almost 13,000 different people groups on this earth. Now, what it tells me, that our issue is far beyond black and white. Amen? Last time I sung a little song, Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Now look, we only mentioned four groups, red and yellow, black and white. There's 13,000. That means this world is a diverse 
world we live in. It's not just about what I look like or who I am. Now, now as difficult as it may seem, the largest segment of the world's population is concentrated in one particular area of the world. Uh, can you pull up that, uh, that, that map? There you go. Okay. Y'all can see that? Now, you see all that in red? That is what has been determined as the 1040 window. It's, it's called 1040 because it's located on the 10-degree longitude and 40-degree latitude of the earth. Now, you see, it incorporates a lot of northern Africa, Saudi Arabia, Israel, India, Turkey, Greece, um, China, uh, Indonesia, uh, and on up into parts of Russia. The 1040 window. Over of the 8 billion people who call Earth home, over 5 billion live in that swat of land. 5 billion people live in that section. Now, let's break it down a little bit further. Out of that region, the three major religions of the world were born in this part of the world. Where did God call Abraham from? Ur the Chaldees. In the area of Iraq and Iran. <laughs> Where was Jesus born? In Israel, in Bethlehem of Judea. Muhammad came up with his idea of, uh, which started the uh, uh, Muslim church was in Saudi Arabia in an area called Mecca. So right here in that 1040 window is where the three major religions of the world came from. Now, let's break it down a little bit further. Christianity and Judaism came out of this part of the world. You want to know the hardest place to evangelize and the place where there is more religious persecution than anywhere in the world is right here. There's more Christians persecuted, the church is persecuted more in this area than any other area in the world. Now, I don't mean to be ugly. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to down any other, any other group. But do you know what religion makes up now that part of the world? Islam. Islam makes up this part of the world. You have to ask yourself the question, how in the world, 
How in the world could we go from Christianity? Look, this was Paul's stomping ground. This is where Paul evangelized. A lot of where Paul evangelized at. This is where the gospel message was spread. This is where the gospel message was was centered in. This is the the home of Judaism. This is the, the home of the Old Testament saints that we read about and we study about and we, 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 we applaud them for their faith in God Almighty. And then we see that now this has almost been closed to the gospel message of Jesus Christ and people are being slaughtered on wholesale basis and Jews are being, are being attacked on wholesale basis. Anyone that is in these areas, you run a risk if you call yourself a Christian. How in the name of God did it happen? I'm going to tell you. You can believe me if you want to. You cannot believe me if you choose not to. But I'm going to tell you how it happened. It's because people love darkness rather than the light. You notice it says that Jesus Christ came into the world, but the world did not know him. And so when you, when, when you look at all of this, and that, that really brings us down to the third area I want you to see, and that the world is the area of human activity. Notice that God created the world originally what? Good. He created humanity to be very good. What happened? We sinned against the light of God. It started in the Garden of Eden. It's been going on ever since then. That's when we sin against God. We sin against Him. It plunges us into darkness. But I want you to notice something, if you will. This is really interesting to me. Now, from time to time, God steps down into this world himself. He steps down into this world. He comes into his created world. Now, there's some people who don't believe that. But I do. I believe that God sometimes just enters it. He breaks in to our human activity and changes things. Now, okay. On this side, the first time that God breaks in to human history and human activity was in the days of Noah. Anybody know what that, what that was? Flood. And God said, because the hearts of men are on evil continually. God broke into human history and he calls a worldwide flood. And he, in essence, he set everything right again. He, he set the clock again, if you will. He destroyed everything that had defiled this world except Noah and his three sons and their wives and a, and a sampling of the created animal and bird a kingdom. He, he, so, so, so God broke into that. Well, let me, let me go over here. 
then God is going to break in to human activity once again. Now, this hasn't happened yet. But this is what we call the tribulation. God, why is God going to break in? Because of the rebellion, because of the darkness, because of the evil activity of the human inhabitants. God is going to break in. He broke in in the flood, and with that, he brought judgment upon the earth. When God breaks in again and in days to come with what we call the tribulation, he's going to bring his judgment. But in between those two things, God broke in again. Guess what? God broke in to human history again. And this time, not bringing judgment, but bringing his love and his grace and his mercy and his light into the world. He came in the form of a little baby. God took on human flesh. And he became the light of the world. And he lived among men. And he died on a cruel cross for the sin of all mankind. And he was buried. And on the third day, he rose again. And then after, after 40 days, he ascended. He went back unto the Father. And he said, you men of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing? For it's this same Jesus you see go away. He's going to come again in like manner. That where I am, there you may be also. Jesus is coming back once more. Now I, now I said, I got to do just a little correction here. I said this time, in, in this middle section here, he didn't, he didn't come bearing judgment. That's not completely true. For he did come bearing judgment. But this time, rather than the judgment being poured out on the inhabitants of the world, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it won't pour it out on the inhabitants of the world. This time, the judgment of God was poured out upon Himself. He took our judgment for Himself. He bore our iniquities. He bore our griefs and our sorrows. He was bruised for our iniquities. He is the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And so, therefore, we don't have to be condemned because He was condemned. But he came into this world and he became the light. We find in the Gospel of John, chapter 1 and verse 29, it says, The next day John saw Jesus, that's John the Baptist, because saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2. And he himself is the perpetuation of being substitute for our sins. And not for ours only, but for the whole world. And then when Jesus came in that flesh, as I've already said, he became the light. And in him was light. light, And the life was the light of men. And the, and the light shined into the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. 
He was the true light in John chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, which was has given light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world did not know him. He came into his own, and his own did not receive him. And then in John chapter 3, finishing, starting with verse 19, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Jesus came to bring us light and life. And you know what? His mission has not been rescinded. Jesus came seeking to save those that are lost. And it's our mission as the church today to carry on what Jesus started. And when you look CC, can you go back to that map again, if you don't mind? And when you look at this map, you got 60% of the world's population lives in the darkest place spiritually on the planet. And people want to tell me, oh, and not only that, let, let me give you, only 0.3% of the world's population claim to be Christian. Point three, not three percent, point three percent only claim to be Christian. And somebody looks me in the face and tells me there is nothing else for us to do but except wait for Jesus to come back. That's a lie from hell, a lie we have embraced, a lie we have taken. Let me tell you, there is a world out there that needs Jesus Christ, that's groping in the darkness, and they need to hear the word of the living God. It's a great task, but it's not an impossible task. We find in the Old Testament that Zechariah the prophet gave to the governor of Judah at that time, a man by the name of Zerubbabel, gave him, uh, again, when God could give him a tremendous task to do, this is what the Lord said through the prophet. He said, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And then centuries later, when Jesus Christ came on the scene, and after his death and burial and resurrection, when he was given his, his uh, uh, disciples final instruction just prior to his ascension, he said, but, the, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Let me tell you, he's given us the spirit of the living God to dwell in us, the word through us to get the job done. Hallelujah. Amen. So what do we do? What do you do with this? I feel convicted. I don't know if you, maybe, maybe you don't, but I do. I feel convicted. 
Sometimes we get so concentrated on ourselves, we forget about what the mission is and what God wants us to do. We have been called to be the light and the salt of the earth. I was, I was looking, just using an example. I, I, was, I was looking at Lewis McGlam last Saturday preparing those pork, whatever they were, shoulders, butts, or whatever, whatever they were. And he had a syringe. He had a liquid. He had a, his own concoction, seasoning. He stuck it in that meat and he shot it into it. Why did he do that? Season it. To make it taste good. We're the salt. We're the seasoning. The Holy Spirit's the syringe. He wants us to get in the Holy Spirit. To be empowered by the Spirit of the living God. And wherever He leads us, wherever He wants us to inject us into the world in which we live in. We want to shine away from the darkness. We want to get away from the darkness. We want to hide from the darkness. We want to get in cocoons of our churches and pretend that everything is going to happen in the sweet by and by. When we need to be injected into the world so we can be the salt and the light to help people to come to the knowledge of the truth. I'm almost done. Maybe. And because of that, God created the world good. But the Bible says you're not to love the world. We're not to pursue the world because the world's gone bad. The world can be wicked, be corrupt, be chaotic. I'm going to say something. God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hair lip half of Johnson County right now. First time I ever, ever said it, and I'll say it again. I'm kind of like Miss Connie said this morning, I'll be glad when the devil's month's over with. Get, 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 his, get his tapestries out of our yards. Let me tell you, if you don't know this, I'm going to tell you. Halloween has no place in God's work. Halloween is of, de of the devil. I know, I know, I know. Oh, there's another ble bleeding heart conservative. Look, we have been bombarded with a lie from Satan, and we have swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. When I say we, the church has swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. Rather than standing up to it, what do we do? We embrace Well, they're going to do it anyway, so let's give them an alternative. You ain't giving them nothing. I've, I've, I've been in that junk. I've been in those lies. I've done that. Give an alternative. Alternative to what? What? 
You can have the trunk or treats and you can have the, all the things that, and you can take and smather it over with peanut butter and call it a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But let me tell you, underneath, it ain't peanut butter and jelly. It is of the devil. It is wicked. It is evil. And you can take the devil and try to call him a Christian all you want to. He has never been a Christian. He won't ever be a Christian. And we can't slap Christian on him and take him be right with God. Now, you can crucify me if you want to. You can, you can, you can, you, you can say you're stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. Let me tell you. If you, if you unless you can come up with something better than what I know, then, then don't argue with me. I've seen it at work. Let me, let me tell you something. I, 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 years ago, Years ago, I was involved in a small church over in Johnson County, Stewart's Chapel. And the young pastor there, they were, they were having, we had a haunted house. Yeah, we did. We had a haunted house. I was young. He was young. We thought, what's, what's the big deal about a haunted house? I'm telling I was dressed up like a ghoul, a goblin, or I don't know what it was. Had a coffin. Had a 16-year-old boy laying in that coffin. Me and that young pastor, we learned a lesson. And that's one reason I am so adamant about this thing we call Halloween. And so adamant against it. When it was over with, I had a sinus infection like I had never had in all of my life. And a few weeks after that, we buried that 16-year-old boy. He got killed, and we buried him. And I determined from that day to this, Halloween has no place in my life. It's not of God. And it's not real. Oh, it's real. It looks like fun and games. But that's exactly what the enemy does. He makes things look like fun and games. How many of you played with the Ouija board? No, no, you don't have to raise your hand. Church I went to, we grew up, we, we, they had party, had youth parties, and we, we pulled the Ouija board out. Nobody told us, we didn't know. It was fun. Motivated by the devil in Christian environment. Don't tell me. The devil is a liar. He's a thief. He's a murderer. And he's killing our young people. He's bringing more lies. The lie of drugs. Let me give you something to make you feel good. Forget about your anxiety. Forget about your trouble. 
Forget about how bad your home life is. Forget about, about, that, about that stepdad is beating the devil out of you. Let me give you something that will take you out of it so you don't feel that anymore. Let me give you something that your, your mama don't love you. But let me give you something that will love you more than mama could ever love you. Let me tell you, it's a lie from hell. And people are being young people by the scores of being captivated, held in it, swayed in it. And a lot of parents are grieving over the graves of their children. Children that have been deluded and have been deceived and lulled into thinking is just fun. Well, let, let, I, I, I am about through. Now, He's got the whole world in his hands. So what do we, what do, we do with this? How, how, do we, how do we respond to this? I think there's three things that we as church need to do. First of all, is we need to pray. Now, I know, I know. Preacher, you tell us this all the time. No, we need to pray. We need to pray for the world. We need to pray for those that are lost without Jesus Christ. But not only do we need to pray, that's step number one. Step number two is we need to have a burden. We need a burden. You see, as we are praying for people, we need to get a burden for those who are without Jesus Christ. I can't save the whole world. Matter of fact, I can't save any of them. I can't pray for the whole world. But Jesus said, but after the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses in Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Just start where you are. Start with your own family. I guarantee every one of you got some family members that don't know Jesus Christ as Lord, and they said they're unchurched. They're with that being deceived. They've been brought into this lie, and they said, oh, mama. Tell me something else. You see, we need to get a real burden. And then we need to take some action. Right? That's the third thing. Pray. Ask God, give me a burden. And then we take some action. So what do we do? Well, you know, like these, like these food boxes... That's an action. You can share some food with somebody who needs it. You can call somebody and pray for them. You can give a cold cup of water in the name of Jesus Christ. You can do some act of kindness. Take a cross, 
As long as you'll give them, I'll make sure they're here. Take a cross, share it with somebody. That's an action. But to sit and never share your faith, to sit and never share any good news, to sit and never, never have a burden, to sit at your neighbors. Look, I don't know all of my neighbors. Do you know all your neighbors? I don't know all my neighbors. But you know, just because I don't know them doesn't mean I can't pray for them, right? And sometimes you can just do a simple, it doesn't have to be expensive, it doesn't have to cost you a thing. Nothing, not, not, what, not one living red dime does it have to cost you to be kind to somebody, to show somebody, to help somebody. And with that, you're opening up the opportunity to share your faith with somebody. To help somebody to know what you know. And to experience what you've experienced. And to receive what you've received. It's really that simple. He's got the whole world. The whole world. In his hand. And that means me and you. We're in his hand. Praise team, come on up. Stand with me if you don't mind. <clears throat> we're, we're actually gonna we're actually gonna sing that 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 little children's song that many of you've learned. If you didn't learn it, you can learn it today. He's got the whole world in his hand. Now, here's the deal. I'm not just speaking to those in the congregation. I'm speaking to those that are listening in whenever they may listen in. They may be listening now. They may be listening later. The first thing is you've got to make sure of your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the first thing. And you say, and I know sometimes we preachers, we do get a bad rap. And I know that people, you know, sometimes they say, say it to me. Some people said it here. You know, we, we, we don't need evangelistic messages. We're already saved. Well, you know, sometimes I need a refresher course. <laughs> right? Sometimes I need to get back to the basics. Sometimes I need to hear it one more time. You see, I don't know who's listening out there in the cyberspace. Somebody that's lost without Jesus Christ, that needs Jesus as the Lord and Savior. You see, For God, I'm not him. For God so loved the 
world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, whether you understand this or not, whether you believe it or not, I want to tell you one more time, because I may not have a chance to tell you this again. God's got you in his hand. You say, God ain't got me in his hand. Yes, he does. God's got you in his hand. Some of you need to stop doing is quit fighting against God. You see, those struggles you're having, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, those struggles you're, you're trying to fight against God. And you think it's your job. It's not your job. You think it's your wife. It's not your wife. You think it's your kids. It's not your kids. You think it's life in general. It's not life in general. You see, God's got you in his hand. And you're trying to kick your way out. Why not stop trying to kick your way out and say, God, I give my life to you because you got it in you. If you've not done that, if you're struggling with that, I can't think of a better time than right this very moment as you surrender, you say, God, I give myself. I'm, 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 through, I'm through fighting. I give up. I surrender my life to you. And all you have to do is acknowledge who you are, believe who he is, and confess with your mouth, and you'll be saved. Just that simple. We're going to sing this little song. He's got the whole world. And this is your invitation. Now, now, I need you to do something. <clears throat> While we're singing this song, if you're willing to pray, if you're willing for God to give you a burden, and if you're willing to do something about what God's doing in you, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. And while we're singing this song, come out to this altar, and at the end we're all going to pray together. You know somebody that's lost that you want to see saved. And you're willing to start it right now. That process of help to pray them into the kingdom of God. He's got the whole world in his hands.
if you've got somebody in mind, some there, there, or maybe more than one, but you've got somebody, you, you, you've, got them, you, you've got them in your brain, that you want to see them come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to pray over this, okay? If you've got somebody, raise your hand. I got somebody. I got somebody. Heavenly Father, you know every one that these hands represent. Lord, right now, Lord Jesus, you know those that are lost without you, lonely as the song talked about. Those that have lost their way, those of God that need you. Father, Lord, you, 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 you started a big work a long time ago. And you made us a part of that big work. And God, Lord Jesus, I know around this world there's people being saved, Lord, every day. Probably every minute of every day, somebody's being saved. Somebody's coming into the kingdom. And God, we just give you thanks for that. And we want to be a part of what you're doing. We want to see the harvest begin to come in. Because the days are short, Lord. They are short. And we want to see the hand of God working. So God, all these that have come, Lord Jesus, I'm praying for a burden. Now, I, I, know, I know we don't like to talk about this kind of stuff. We don't like burdens. We don't like to be weighted down. Because all the burden is, a burden is something that weighs you down. So God, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'll begin to let every one of us that, that have that, that person, let it weigh on us to the point that, God, we think about that person all the time. We think about, Lord, when we go to bed. We think about when we wake up. Well, Lord, we're always whispering, Lord, a word, Lord, to, for them. Lord, a prayer. We're whispering a prayer. Jesus saved them. Jesus helped them. Jesus nurtured them. Jesus showed them. Jesus opened up their eyes. Lord, whatever it takes, Jesus, Lord, to change. Lord, what needs to be changed, God, change it in your name, Lord, we pray. And then, God, I pray, Lord, for opportunity. I pray for opportunity. God, give us an opportunity, Lord, to share, Lord, our faith with these people. Lord, in a way that will bring glory unto you. Now, I realize, Lord, it may not happen overnight. It may take a long time. Some, some of these have been prayed for. You've been praying, Lord, for years. But we don't give up. God, let this, let this sanctuary be transformed into a hospital. A hospital for the sick and the lonely and the lost. Where they can come and they can find you. Because we've gone where they are. And we're helping them to come to where you are. Thank you, Jesus, for your wonderful love and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Before, before we leave, I got you down here now. Before, before we leave... I, I, I believe in ministering to people in prayer. You may have a prayer need. You may have a need. You have something that you need. You need special prayer for this morning. And so, I want you to, 
just pray. Cece's been just having continuous headaches. She's having an MRI done tomorrow. I want to pray that they can find the source of it and for God to heal the source of it. Before we pray for these people here, that um, Christy Maxwell, our Christy. Now, some of you heard her testimony this morning. And you know, Christy has got a, has a lot of physical problems. She's had a, uh, an aneurysm, an aortic aneurysm. That, that, I, mean, I mean, very, that could, be, could, could burst at any moment. She's had some lung issues and, and other things. She came in this morning and told us, she went to the lung doctor and he said, he said, your lungs are good. There ain't nothing wrong with your lungs. <laughs> you, can, you can come back in a year. She went to a cardiologist. He did a procedure on her. That aneurysm has shrunk. <laughs> now, we can't take credit for that, but God can. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for his blessings. And I, I, tell, I tell you that so you say our prayers are not wasted. Amen. Our prayers are not wasted. I'm having surgery again tomorrow. So what? <laughs> this outward man is perishing. <laughs> but the inward man is being renewed day by day. Hallelujah. I may look like a wreck, but hallelujah. <laughs> I'm feeling young in my soul. Amen. Skin cancer, for those of you who don't know. Amen. Let's believe for CC. Let's stand in the gap for her. Heavenly Father, Lord, I know CC is struggling. And Lord Jesus, she has such a heart for you. She wants to do what's right, God. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, that God, that you will touch the source, Lord, of these headaches, this pressure, Lord, that's going on inside of her cranium. That God, that you will, Lord, give her the strength, Lord, that she needs, Lord, as they do that MRI tomorrow. God, the idea would be there'd be nothing that's be seen. And Lord Jesus, it would be eradicated. But God, you Hold the power. Lord, CC's in your hand. And Lord Jesus, there she's going to stay. So God, give her strength, give her grace, give her mercy, give her healing in Jesus' name because you are able to do all things. And there's nothing impossible with you. Amen. And amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? Anybody that needs, needs special prayer this morning? Anyone? Yes, ma'am. Father, you love your children. And Jesus, sometimes your children, all of us get confused. 
And sometimes we feel like you have grown deathly silent to us, oh God. <laughs> we feel sometimes you're yes. so far away from us. But God, I believe, I just have to believe in those moments when, when you feel so distant from us, you're so close we can't feel you. You're so wrapped around us, God. Lord, we miss you because you're right here, Lord, with us. And I believe that for Beverly right now. That God, Lord Jesus, Lord, help her, Lord, to hear your voice. And help her to keep crying out even if she doesn't seem to get a response. Help her, Lord Jesus, to know, Lord, by faith. And that's what faith helps us do. Faith helps us to understand that, God, your word is real and your word is true. And if you be for us, who can be against us? There is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus our Lord. All things work together for good to them that are called according to his purpose. Lord, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Lord, these are the things that sustain us and keep us even when we don't feel you. So God, help Beverly, Lord. Help to strengthen her faith. Help to strengthen her resolve. And Father, Lord, touch her body. Touch her mind. Touch her soul. And we will give you praise in Jesus Christ our Lord. Because you reign forever and ever. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Anyone? Yes. Amen. Amen. That's an ugly word, isn't it? Just to diagnose with this touch. Let's pray. She's been diagnosed with breast cancer. Have any of you in the house had breast cancer before? Anyone? Yeah. You got through it, didn't you, sis? Had a mastectomy. You got through it. Well, all was. <laughs> you need people. You need, you need people like this around you to see that's life here, not death. He's going to remove that cancer. He's going to yes, take it out of her. We believe it. Father in heaven, we bind together as one in you. Lord Jesus, you, you've heard the report. God, you knew the report before the report was ever given. And Father, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, we bind together as a church family. God, knowing that you're able to do all things and there is nothing impossible with you, my God. Father, Lord, we stand upon the word of the living God. We stand upon your truth that by your stripes we are healed. And Lord Jesus, I know that. I know that by your stripes, by your stripes, by your word, by your anointing, by your power, by your authority, God, we are healed. And so now, Paula Gray, in the name of Jesus Christ, we're believing, God, that you are with her, you walk with her, you talk with her, and Father, Lord, you are her friend and you are her Savior. And Lord Jesus, you are her defender. And Lord, I understand now, I've, I've, I've never heard the word breast cancer, but I've heard cancer. 
And I know, Lord, I know, I know the emotions. I know how it feels. But I also know that, Jesus, you never leave us nor forsake us. You are our shepherd, and we shall not want. There's still green pastures to lie down, and there's still still waters to drink from. There's still restoration of the soul into the body, Lord Jesus. There's paths of righteousness for us to follow. And even, Lord, in those shadowy, dark, dismal places, Lord Jesus, we hear you whisper in our ear and hear him today, Paula. Fear not, for I am with you. (laughs) Now, Jesus, your glory be revealed in this situation in Jesus' name, amen, 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 praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, thank God, somebody give him some praise in the house today, come on, give him some praise in the house today, glory to God, hallelujah, we worship you, Lord, we worship you, Jesus. Lord, I, I forgot. Lord, touch Paul. This is not, this is not a lonely job. I bought Mark Paul. I am going to call him everything in the world, and I know his name is Mark. He's John Mark Paul. That's who he is. For Mark, Lord. This, this, they don't, Paul is not journeying alone. So, God, just touch Mark, Lord. Touch him. Touch them together, God. And give them strength with Andy. Jake, God, just touch them all, Lord. Give them strength in the day ahead. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Any, any, anyone else? Anyone else need, need, need prayer today? Isn't God good? Amen. Amen. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's get Paula in this. Paula needs some prayer too. She's got some things going on. Yes, she does. She's got fed up with me. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Gloria da Santa, 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 Gloria da Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, just touch. Touch Paula's body, God. Touch her body, Lord Jesus. You know what's been going on. And Father, Lord, just give her relief from it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, touch our church family, God. Lord, touch our church family. Strengthen our church family. Lord Jesus, and Lord, let us see, let us see the power of Christ, Lord, being unleashed upon us, and this place be transformed into a house of God, a true house of God. 
Thank you, Lord, for all you've done. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Y'all, can y'all hold just one more minute? I need y'all to help me do one more thing. Thank you, Lord. I need y'all to lay hands on this box here. I know I don't always emphasize it. But let me tell you something. I've, I've read over these prayer needs. And there's some that's just been put in there release. I'm telling you, there's some, there's some desperate needs among some people of depression, family issues, sorrow. There's some desperate needs here. Can you help me to pray? Father in heaven, God, I know they haven't seen what I've seen. But Lord Jesus, we pray over these needs. Families, Lord, being torn apart. Death coming in, Lord Jesus, Lord, when it don't seem it should have come in. Lord Jesus, confusion. Lord, anxiety. God, families, Lord Jesus, this has all kinds of trouble, Lord Jesus. Children with all kinds of trouble, Lord. And Father, Lord, we are praying, Lord, over these, over these prayer needs, Lord Jesus, right now. Lord, let this box be our burden. Let's have a burden, Lord, for what's in this box, my God. For Lord Jesus, you're able to break in the box, and Lord Jesus, to help them to break out of it. So God, Lord Jesus, we commit it to you. Your will be done. Your will be done as it is on earth. In Jesus Christ's name. Yes, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Well, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord calls his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you. And may he give you God bless y'all. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. We've already had one.